You are now tuned in to the AddictedToSuccess.com podcast, where geniuses, entrepreneurs, and next-level game-changers share their juicy little secrets on achieving massive success. This is the advice you wish you heard years ago. Be prepared and take note as we expose the realness and the raw of what it takes to be successful on AddictedToSuccess.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a fellow by the name of Stephen Geis on the end of the line here today on the Addicted to Success podcast. Stephen is the founder of award-winning blog, Deep Existence, and also the author of a best-selling book, which is called Mini Habits, Smaller Habits, Bigger Results. Um, I personally purchased Mini Habits, and i got to say, it's a very... Uh, well-written book and it's it's uh definitely well researched too and uh if you've been following our work on addicted to success you would have found that habits are the crucial key elements to success you really need to focus on creating successful habits and uh steven guide you in the right direction when it comes to creating successful habits so steven i'm excited to have you on the end of the line and uh, welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast. Thanks very much, Joel. It's uh, pretty awesome to be on here. I've been following you for a while, so this is awesome. <laughs> Beautiful, man. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. So your book, Mini Habits. Now, tell us a little bit about how you got into habits. Like, What, what excites you about the subject of habits? I... Like you said earlier, I really think that habits are the crux of our lives. And uh, there's a study that kind of backs that up. It was a Duke Journal study, Duke University Journal study. And uh, through students recording their behaviors, they figured that about 45% of our total daily behavior is habitual. So uh, some research like that really backs up the point that Habits are more or less our identity. So if you don't have very good habits, you're not going to have a very good life. If you do have good habits, then life is just so much easier and more enjoyable. Yeah, 100%. I can I can see that for sure. I think that one of the biggest issues that you have as an entrepreneur is that you, you are running in autopilot most of the time. And when you have a life that is, let's say, overcomplicated, you become unaware of what uh, what's really going on and uh, like within inside your own mind. So what would you recommend somebody does to to really start to become more aware of their habits? Well, I think that practicing any trying to develop any new habit actually develops the habit of mindfulness and that's just being aware of what you're doing and why you're doing it. Uh, I think actually a bad habit a lot of people have is not questioning why they're doing something in any given moment. So um, I've found through, uh, I've got so many habits of fitness and writing, just having those habits in other areas has made me more mindful in general. Um, So really any, and it, it kind of expands to any kind of personal development where you're you're focused on your behavior and just cognizant of what you do and the motivation for why you're doing it. Yeah, and would you say there's like a there's a habit that you could start with that is is like a let's say like a user friendly habit 
that most people can begin with that will then build a solid foundation for them to stack more habits on? Sure. I, I mean, there are a number of habits that can work like that. Um, I would say exercise is an excellent foundational habit just because of the impact it has on the mind and the body. Uh, meditation is also a very good starting habit just because of the, the impact it has on your ability to focus. And we were talking about mindfulness. It's also excellent for developing mindfulness. Because when you meditate, you're just focusing on your breaths, or that's what you're supposed to be doing, but oftentimes you'll get distracted and your mind will start wandering. And because you're trying to just focus on your breaths, you're aware of just how frequently your mind can wander. So it's kind of useful training to, to focus and just to be mindful of kind of how your mind works and it will help you get better control over it. Yeah, beautiful answer. And that's true, like meditation quiets your, you know, your conscious thoughts. That's really what you want to do. You want to quiet that over-analytical side of your, your mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because um, then, then when you do that, you can tap into your unconscious where you know, the, the real power is. Yeah, indeed. Beautiful, beautiful. So would you say that it's better to create a completely new habit or is it better to actually change your habits? Is it easier to change your habits? Well, I think all of habit change is basically the same idea, whether you're talking about good habits or bad habits. Uh, with bad habits, you're trying to replace a bad behavior with a different behavior. With good habits, it's uh, you're trying to replace kind of a filler behavior like watching TV maybe with uh, a healthier behavior. Um, so the difference I guess is whether you're running away from a behavior or trying to go toward a behavior. Personally, um, I like the toward response just because it's, it's a more positive thing. Obviously, it's important to work on your bad habits as well, but starting out I think uh, it's easier to develop a good habit. And I think if you fill your life with these good habits, like if you're exercising and being productive, then over the long term, it can actually kind of squeeze out some of these weaker bad habits anyway. Something addictive like smoking obviously isn't just going to go away. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you got to take baby steps, I guess. That's really what it is. And that's why you know, you've come out with mini habits. Yep. Nice. So what can you tell us about uh, willpower and mastering your willpower? Because that's, that plays a huge part in solidifying your habits. Yeah, willpower is huge. It, I believe it is the key component in habit formation. And the whole idea behind many habits is to create behaviors that you always have enough willpower to meet. So my example was one push-up a day. And that came from a frustration of not being able to exercise consistently because on my bad days or my off days, I couldn't exercise for 20 to 30 minutes. I just, I would feel lazy and guilty and it kind of, that kind of spirals when you're in that state of mind and it weakens your willpower. So with a mini habit of one push-up a day, 
it's so small that you can always force yourself to just get down and do it. And really good things happen when you start small and once you actually get started. Yeah, beautiful. So just one little step and then the next step, next step. Do you just you just keep stacking each time? You can. Uh, that's kind of one facet of many habits is that you'll do what I call bonus reps where you do a push-up and then whether you're more motivated to do extra or you want to use additional small steps, you can e- use either way to, to get yourself going. When I first did uh, my first one push-up, at that time I thought I was crazy for even thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> like, am I going crazy? What a, why am I aiming for one push-up? But because I was so kind of disheartened about my fitness levels and where I was at, I actually needed to use like, I don't know, I probably had 20 to 30 micro goals that eventually resulted in a full 30 minute workout. The same 30 minute workout I couldn't do when I was aiming for it as an entire chunk, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. That's that's great, that's a great method. So what can you tell us about success cycling? I know you mentioned this in your in your book. Yeah, uh, success cycling is what I call for repeated success and the impact that has on us psychologically. I think a lot of people today are kind of familiar with the opposite of that where they set a goal and they fall short of it. And over time, this repeats, and you kind of get that expectation that you're going to fall short of your goals, and that actually hurts you as far as being able to reach your goals. So success cycling is just the idea of not failing anymore, because if you're always succeeding, you're going to start expecting success, and that's, that's a common component you see in really confident, successful people is they expect to do well, they expect to succeed in whatever they're aiming for. Yeah, and it almost seems like it's it's always on their mind, right? It becomes them instead of like, oh, I need to do that. It's like, I am this, I am going to do this, I must do this, yeah. Yeah, it's identity-based, exactly. And what do you think really stands the successful people apart from those that are just kind of floating through life with their habits? Like, what is what is the key components to them uh, succeeding through these habits? I think uh, it's mainly strategy and secondarily it's uh, knowing how to take action when you don't feel like taking action and that ties into strategy. Uh, One example I like to use that people can understand and relate with at least just from knowledge is think about an Olympic athlete and like is an olympic athlete going to tell his coach sorry coach i don't really feel like training today <laughs> of course not because <laughs> his coach would lay into him uh and that's what makes them successful at what they do is they're just so consistent and they're committed to their respective sport so Really, that's what you'll see in any successful person is they're consistent. Yeah, consistency is key. That's right. You know, it's funny, actually. Um, when I tell I tell people that I coach, right, 
you know, if you're trying to create a new habit, make sure it's not a boring habit. <laughs> you gotta make it. You gotta make it exciting too, yeah. because you're not gonna stick to it if it's boring, day in and day out, day in and day out. Because uh, is the research correct in, yeah. in in where they say it takes 66 days to create a, a new habit or to solidify a new habit? Yeah, that on average, that there's really just one study on how long it takes to form a habit. There are some myths out there about uh, like 30 days and 21 days that are based on uh, a surgeon who worked on people with amputated limbs and he found it took 21 days, I think, for them to get used to that. So uh, that kind of just got blown up and people ran off with it. But anyway, yeah, the study on habit formation, they found on average it takes 66 days, but the range was pretty crazy, anywhere from 18 to 254 days. So personally, I don't like aiming for that magical number of days. That's why I like mini habits, because they're, they're supposed to be something that you can do any day, forever, even on your worst day, uh, even without the power of habit to support that behavior. Yeah. So what should we be removing in our life to better help us stick to our habits? Uh, I think, I mean, self-doubt is, is really a, a powerful force against us. And there's a habitual component to that too. As I said, people get in these cycles where they set a goal and they fail to reach it. And you repeat that enough and you're going to come to expect that. So if you can find a way to remove that self-doubt and turn it into self-confidence, which is what many habits is designed to do, then you're going to be in much better shape. Yeah, 100%, 100%. And what do you feel is uh, an effective way to really map out how you're going to you know, execute these habits? Would you write them down every day? Or would you visualize it? I mean, what, what really works for you and what do you recommend to your readers? What works for me is I used one of those giant desk calendars. Uh, I put it on the wall and every day I would just draw a big check mark or sometimes I'd write a, an encouraging phrase or something just to show that I had done my mini habits. And... Uh, over time, you see you see the streak of checks, and this has been said many times before, but it's really pretty powerful. Don't break the streak. Um, there's actually that Duke University Journal study. They they looked at people who had missed a day, and they found that it didn't affect their habit development. So if you do miss a day, it's not a huge deal, but you definitely don't want to miss two days in a row. So I use this big giant wall calendar. You can also use an app. There are dozens of apps to help you track your habits. Uh, some of them are Lyft, Habit Bowl, that's for Android, uh, and there are many others, but those two are pretty good. Yeah, beautiful. And those apps, I guess, are great for procrastination, right? You're sitting there procrastinating. I mean, it's good to to track it and, and know that you're sticking to uh, what you originally planned to uh, achieve. Definitely because they actually have reminder functions built in to give you that little nudge when you need it. 
Nice, man. It's cool. Like in a little uh, accountability. That's what everyone needs. Would you yeah. recommend having like an accountability partner or something like that to uh, to really make sure that you you stick to your habits? Yeah, I think that can be useful. Um, there's some conflicting research on that, uh, but I won't get too far into that. But basically, you don't want to tell someone your goals and kind of celebrate early with them because that that seems to demotivate us, according to one study. But uh, yeah. but if you do tell them and say something like, so keep me accountable, then that perspective is uh, is useful, they've found. So, so just don't tell them, like, I'm going to lose 100 pounds, so yeah. Because that's more of like kind of celebrating early almost. It kind of has that vibe. Yeah, it's it's all in the way you use your words, right? <laughs> Got to use your words correctly. Right, exactly. Yeah. Awesome. And what are some of the um, common mistakes that people make when it comes to setting these habits and, and uh, executing these, these mini habits? Uh, I would say the main mistake would be maybe trying to have too many at once. These habits are mini size and they're designed to be extremely easy to do every day, uh, even on your worst day. But once you start having upwards of five, ten, one guy had ten mini habits, that can be overwhelming just in numbers, that you, you have ten things that you have to do every day. That's even small tasks, that's pretty overwhelming. So I recommend people have one to four. Personally, I do best with three. Uh, and then, of course, the, the next thing I would warn people against is not taking it seriously. Because if you set a, a goal for one push-up a day, it's easy to think that it's not meaningful when really it is because you're changing your brain's neural pathways. Even if you're only doing one push-up a day, you will still develop a mini-sized habit. What has been the biggest discovery that you've made through your research? The biggest epiphany was consistency over quantity. I used to kind of cycle through these uh, not really marathon sessions of fitness or writing, but I would be on track for a couple weeks and then I would stop for a couple weeks. Kind of these motivational cycles. Um, and then once I started being consistent with smaller behaviors, it just kind of built and built and built to where I would, like now I'm, I'm doing more than I was even on my motivational cycle before. So that's the main takeaway for me. Yeah, that's a great takeaway. And do you feel that when you begin to, uh, let's say, replace an old habit or create a new habit, are you constantly thinking about it throughout the day? Does it become like your world? Like now is it still your world where you're like, all right, I've got to, you know, create, um, stick to this habit. I've got this habit that I need to stick to, that habit. Is this something you're constantly thinking about? Uh, yes and no. I mean, the nature of a habit is kind of that it's automatic. So there are a lot of habitual behaviors that we do without even thinking about it, not being conscious of it. Uh, as far as these kind of behaviors that we're purposefully adding to our lives, yeah, I would say... I'm pretty consistently 
aware of like reading, writing, and fitness, which are my mini habits. Actually, I I should say that my fitness mini habit has evolved into a full-size mini habit where I go to the gym about five or six days a week now. Oh, wow. <laughs> From one push-up yeah. to six days a week at the gym, that's a pretty yep. uh, pretty good result. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It just keeps building and building because you have a solid foundation. The habit or a habit is the single greatest foundation for further action in any area. Yeah. I'm really interested in, you know, those that author books and the whole process of authoring a book. So how did you stay motivated and and where did you find your inspiration while you were writing your book? Well, in this case, it was easy for me because this was a strategy that changed my life. So I was really pretty eager to share this with the world. And I mean, ideally, I, I did want to make an income from this and turn this into, into a career. So there's always that. And I had been blogging for about two and a half years prior to this. So uh, it was kind of an extension of that, a, a next step for me. So I had quite a few sources of motivation, but I would say for the typical person, it's going to vary. And mainly... I would just recommend picking something that you're passionate about, that you're interested in, and that should be enough. Yeah, and you run the Deep Existence blog, which I've, you know, I've seen quite a lot of articles from Deep Existence circulating around the net. So, w- did you decide to get into blogging because it was a good platform to promote eventually a book, or did you you start blogging and then you kind of fell into the idea of uh hey, you know, I'm I'm, I'm pretty excited about writing a book now or that that idea has been sitting in my mind for over a year or two years i actually was blogging before i had a blog (laughs) (laughs) i i have to write these facebook notes i don't know if anyone remembers that or if it's still a feature but you could just kind of write a little note on facebook and it was a little more substantial than a status so i'd write these notes and some friends would like them And at the time, I was just kind of searching and exploring my inner thoughts about life and the struggles. And actually, at the time, I was just struggling with bad habits I had built up as a kid, mainly being a slacker. (laughs) So, So that was kind of where the idea came from. And then... uh, After I graduated college, I, I couldn't get a job for a year. And that really kind of made me want to do something myself, you know, just take control of my own life and see if I could do something instead of hoping that a company would pick me. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. And it's amazing the opportunities that are out there nowadays as well, especially with the technology and, you know, online, it's, it's incredible. Like it's just changed the whole landscape. And like when I talk to my parents or I talk to my you know, even grandparents like they they don't quite understand it all because they're like we didn't have that in our generation or they it doesn't make sense to them <laughs> no yeah like i can work anywhere in the world now yep. it's crazy yep it's crazy right and like you don't even need a book deal you know you could go out there and independently <laughs> promote your own book and and away you go you could you could hit bestseller that way i mean it's it's incredible yeah and that's 
much more lucrative too. Uh, if if you go on Amazon, you get seventy percent royalty as opposed to the ten to fifteen percent you're going to get with a traditional book deal. Yeah, that's on digital sales, which. For my book, it's mostly digital sales, but I do get some paperback and audiobook sales also. Yeah, and that shows, you know, people want things instantaneously, right? They want it right there and then. They don't yeah. want to wait for the paperback to arrive like a week later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I And I'm one of them. <laughs> it's funny though. I'm I think if I, people. I don't know about you, but if I, if I find a book that I really love, like, you know, that I've downloaded in my Kindle, I'll order the paperback as well. So I can oh, yeah. yeah, so I can go back through it and highlight it and that's like one of my habits that I'm trying to create is to, you know, every book that I read, um, that I find interesting, you know, highlight or, or like go and write like a little essay about what I learned from that chapter after and I found that it's it's really working, um, you know, in the sense of um, remembering a lot more uh, that I brought from the yeah. book. They say that like if you can if you can dig into your memory and try and pull it out, it's gonna solidify and be a lot stronger in your mind. Yeah, I honestly need to start doing that. That's a great idea. I'm all digital with books, though, so um, I'd probably just get a notepad and, and write from that. Yeah, yeah, well, that's what you do, right? So you read, like, the whole chapter. You turn it off. You turn your Kindle off or your, your iPhone or whatever you're reading off. And then, you know, an hour later, sit down and try and remember as much as you can from what you learned from that, that chapter write it out like an essay format they say that is like the number one most powerful way to to remember um, what you've just read and, and you know the thing is like it's not going to be it's not going to be word for word obviously um, and it's probably not going to be really really close to what was written in the chapter but it's your perception of it your understanding of it um, and it, it just solidifies that much stronger in your mind so yeah that's a little, that's little awesome. key takeaway that's a great yeah. idea Beautiful. yeah our uh users or our, our listeners um, on addicted to success they love reading books right they love new knowledge and they love self-help self-development what would you say has been uh the top two or top three books that you've read in your in your lifetime okay the first life-changing book i read was getting things done by david allen and that's that's sold like two million copies so it's it's not obscure at all but it it kind of just changed my perception and perspective of what it means to live. It just helped me be a lot more organized, both literally in like my desk area and also mentally, as far as how I thought about my life. Um, probably my next favorite book would be The Willpower Instinct. Um, and I read that fairly recently. I just think it's a great companion book to my own book Mini Habits and in a lot of ways it, it validated the Mini Habits philosophy in my mind not that I needed to read it just to validate my own book <laughs> but, uh, she just wrote it and Kelly McGonigal is the author she just wrote it in a really uh, interesting and fun way which is something I strive for in my writing as well and just filled with great information and I think it's the best book to read to get a better understanding of willpower wonderful man wonderful two uh two great books for sure we'll make sure we list that in the uh in the article below this uh this interview on addicted to success 
Alrighty, Stephen, thank you so much for your time. We're just wrapping this interview up now and basically we end the interview with this last question and this question is, if you had 30 seconds to deliver a speech to the world, it's your last speech ever, what would that 30 seconds sound like? So, world, consistency is king and habits are king. So, drop the big goals of trying to lose 100 pounds and focus more on the daily processes that will lead you to your goals, even your large, seemingly unattainable goals. Uh, life is really about the things you do on a daily basis, and tomorrow's version of you is going to be more like today's version of you than you realize. So if you can master a 24-hour day, and get down a process that works for you and brings you the results that you want, then you will be a very happy individual.